Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. What's up, family? How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Come on. Was that a morning of worship or what? Come on. I love our worship team, you know? They just have such a presence and such a way of just inviting the Holy Spirit into this place. And I'm just blessed by y'all. So let me just say that. Stephen, come on, brother. Well, guys, this week, I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach about something that I've never preached about before. Um, but it was something that a couple months ago, I felt like God kind of put on my heart because he was doing a renewal in my own life in it. And this morning, I want to talk about voices. I want to talk about hearing God's voice in your life, okay? Every week, we hear thousands of different voices, okay? We hear them live. We hear them on the radio. We hear them on the TV. You might hear them on the other end of your phone. Some of them are for you. Some of them are against you. Some of them aren't anything, but you hear them anyway, okay? We have voices that are special to us. Like family, when you hear them on the other end of the line, you might perk up a little bit. There might be a little bit more of a smile on your face. You might have some family members that don't put a smile on your face. You know what I mean? But you listen, okay? You have voices that have helped guide you through life. You have voices in your life that, quite honestly, have probably led you down a direction that you never wanted to go. But there's one voice above all other voices in your life that needs to have precedence in your life. And that is the voice of God. There are times when the voice of God is so loud, we can't miss it. I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but have you ever had one of those days where you wake up in the morning, maybe you read your devotional or you bust out your YouTube version and you read that that word of the day and God says something to you. And then you go and you get in your car to go to work and You're on your way to work and you turn on the radio and it's the exact same message as was just in the word. And and then you pull in to work or you pull into school or wherever you go and you get into your parking spot and then somebody backs into the parking spot in front of you and there's a bumper sticker on the back of the car that says the exact same thing. And you're like, what is going on here? You walk into the building and there's a billboard up on, on the street that has the same message. Has God ever spoken to you that way? He has to me, but it's only happened a few times in life like that. I feel like, for the most part, God speaks in a totally different way. This morning, I want to take a few moments to talk about hearing the voice of God, because I feel like the practice of hearing the voice of God is so rarely ventured nowadays because of all the activity in our lives that God's voice in a lot of ways is disappearing, not because he has ceased from speaking, because more than that, we've given way to busyness. We've given way to volume. Who's the loudest? We've given way to entertainment instead of stillness, whispers, and life. So, If you have your Bible with you, which come on, I know you do, because everybody's got a phone in this building, I believe it wholeheartedly. So if you have your Bible with you, I want you to open up to John chapter 10, okay? 
John, if you're brand new, if you're in today, you're just kind of searching out this Christian thing. John is part of the Gospels, which is the beginning of the New Testament. So it's about two-thirds towards the back of the Bible, okay? And we're going to pick it up. I didn't write down the, the actual verse number. Well, we're going to pick it up with this. <laughs> now, this is exactly... I am reading today the Passion Translation, which is very similar to the NIV translation, but there are a few words in it that I really liked. And so I want you to listen to this. It says this, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. For he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. They will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray today that you open it up, that we would hear exactly what you want us to hear, and that, Father, you would move in a mighty way through it. In your name I pray. Amen. So there are a few things in this passage that I want to point out, okay? At the beginning, the beginning phrase is really just a way to say that Jesus is the only way. There's not another way to heaven, okay? And... It talks about the gatekeeper, and it talks about the shepherd. Gatekeeper being God, Jesus being the only shepherd. The true shepherd, which it says in this Passion Translation. Then in verse 3, it says, the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. You know, hearing and recognizing are two different things. Like I mentioned, we hear hundreds of different voices every single day. But recognizing and differentiating the voice of God from those voices is a whole different thing. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, he calls his own by name and leads them out for they belong to him. The shepherd knows them personally and calls them by name. Already in this passage, we see there is a relationship, a relationship between the shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. I still don't have any idea what we're left. Relationship. Got it. Okay. There was a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. Do you guys remember in um, David's story, before Goliath, he's talking about all this time that he was a shepherd. David was probably born into being a shepherd. So the shepherd had actually heard David's voice all of those years. There was a relationship that was built over the course of those years because he had spent so much time with them. Verse 4 says, and when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him for they are familiar with his voice. And why wouldn't they? Because this is a voice they can trust. That relationship between a shepherd and his sheep is truly special. There's not another voice they will follow. It says that in the next verse where it says they will not listen to a stranger because they know that it is not their shepherd. 
You remember David, he talks about the fact that he had saved his sheep from the lion's mouth. He had saved the sheep from the bear's mouth. They have always been there. The shepherd has always been there for the sheep throughout life. But they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. We have to know God's voice. Otherwise, we can be led astray. There is one voice who loves you, one voice who cares about you. He cares about your coming and your going. He knows you intimately. Since the moment you were conceived, he offers up his voice to you for guidance, wisdom, compassion, love, discipline, truth. And if you will listen, you will live a blessed life. Why? Because he knows what your best life is. He has a purpose and a plan for you. Now, like I mentioned, there are other voices, voices that have different agendas. Not all of them are bad. You can go for a long time listening to a lot of other voices in your life, but those voices don't hold creation in their hand. Those voices don't know the purpose and plan for which you were created. And those voices, they don't love you with an unrelenting, unconditional, unfathomable love. At some point, those voices, they're going to separate you from the other voice. So, what happens if you don't learn to hear the voice of God? You'll fall prey to anything and anyone. You'll spend a lifetime wandering in the wilderness looking for direction. You'll have a hard time separating good from evil. You will struggle with believing in a love that is unconditional. You will struggle with trusting God. You will struggle with worshiping God. You will struggle with honoring God. You will have a hard time reading the word of God. You remember the word of God is alive and active, but if you don't know the Father's voice, if you don't know the Spirit's voice when you're reading the, God, the word of God, then it becomes dead. Hearing, following, and being obedient to the voice of God is paramount to our success in the Christian life. Did you guys know that you actually start being able to discern voices in your life at only 30 weeks old? When you're still in your mother's womb at 30 weeks is when the hearing is developed, when the mechanisms inside the brain happen. And all of a sudden, from 30 weeks up until the time that you're delivered, you start being able to recognize voices. And what's the one voice that you hear more than any other during that time? Come on, it's mama's. Mama's voice. So Pacific Lutheran University, they did this study of babies. And I got this little picture from the study. Come on, look at that little baby. What you hear is the sucking of the pacifier. And what they're doing is they're playing the mother's voice and then a stranger's voice. And then the mother's voice. And every time that the mother's voice is heard, the baby relaxes and begins to suck on the pacifier again. And every time a stranger's voice is heard, the baby kind of freezes. So I love that. Just the sound of it, I thought that was funny myself, but <laughs> hey. The idea is that guys, you've been trained since you were first created. Yeah. 
to hear and discern voices. And you're probably even better at it than you really think you are. We're going to do a little test this morning, okay? I'm going to play five different voices, okay, out loud. And I want you to see if you can figure out who those five voices are. There's going to be a little pause between each of them, so you're going to have to remember who the five voices are, and then we'll just see if you're right, okay? So if you guys go ahead and play that clip. Because your legacy is every life you've touched. <laughs> well, doctor, I see these strange creatures every time I say the word um, phenomena. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. And then Kyle Orton, what? Jason Hunter, rumbling, mumbling, stumbling. Heavy rain, low visibility, heavy snow developing from Buffalo, Binghamton, western Pennsylvania. Okay. We've got Oprah. Come on, who is the second one? Kermit. Come on, you know Kermit's voice. The third one? Right. But in Ultron. Okay, in the Avengers. Who's the fourth one? All the men in the room are going to know this one. Come on. Chris Berman, come on. Those are my people right there. And the fourth one? Al Roker. I heard somebody back there. Come on on the Today Show. <laughs> Listen, you guys are pretty good. You, you got at least a couple of them. The point is, is that you can discern between voices. You hear voices and you know them. Why do we know these voices? Because of repetition. Because of practice, you've been listening to these voices your whole life in different situations. As it comes to hearing the voice of God, guys, it's no different. It takes practice. It takes repetition. It takes effort on your part. And in all reality, you've really been given a head start. You remember that Jesus said, I must go because the advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You've been given the Holy Spirit in your life already. So that piece of the puzzle that you need to be able to hear and discern God's voice is already inside of you, but you still have a part to play. You still have to listen to that voice. So how do I train myself to hear and discern the voice of God. So before I even get into the top 10 ways to increase your hearing capability of the voice of God, I wanna cover one main thought, and it's a really important thought. You can hear without relationship, but it takes relationship to hear, understand, and know somebody. Okay, let me say that one more time. You can hear without relationship, but it takes relationship to hear, understand, and know someone. Angie and I, on our first date, we actually met at church, and we went out with a group, but our actual first date that I invited her out on, we went to a coffee shop about 6 p.m., and we closed that coffee shop down at 10. So after t at 10, we went to a restaurant, and we closed that coffee shop down, or that restaurant down at 1. At 1, we went out in the parking lot, and just had some more conversation. And come on. About 30 minutes, 45 minutes later at 1.45 in the morning, we decided, okay, we probably 
should part. Listen, just because I learned all the things I learned that night about Angie doesn't mean that I knew her, right? It takes time to build relationship. It takes time to build context. It takes time. And I've been spending the last 17 years continually trying to get to know my wife. And it's never going to end. Why? Because life changes. You know what I mean? We change. So there's always something new that I'm discovering about her. That is what relationship is all about. You can hear without relationship, but it takes relationship to hear, understand, and know. Maybe you've grown up believing that God is way up there, sitting on his throne, and we're kind of down here on our own. That this hearing God thing just isn't really a possibility, this relationship thing as we know it. Maybe it's out of the question. You need some proof that he wants relationship with you. Well, I'm going to give you some proof this morning, okay? So I want you to go back to Genesis, if you got your Bible with you. We're going to go to Genesis 3, in the most glorious of places, in the garden, okay? He, he's created Adam and Eve. They're, this thing keeps falling off my ear. <laughs> They're in the garden. They've got all the animals running around. There's fruits, there's vegetables, there's flowers. They've got everything that they could possibly want and need. And there's this verse in Genesis 3 that you've probably read over a thousand times, but maybe never heard it. They heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. And God called out to man, where are you? They heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. Let me hear you say walking in the garden. What this tells us is, is that the original idea of God wasn't supposed to be him up there and us down here. Or him in the spiritual realm and us in the physical. It was all together. God wanted to walk and talk and enjoy every bit of life together with us. But the fall of man changed everything. It wasn't going to be like that anymore. So then we see God pop in and out of communication with his people. It was rarely face to face. In the Old Testament, there were six different ways that God spoke to his people. A phenomenon plus a voice. A supernatural messenger or angel. Dreams and visions. An audible voice. The human voice. The human spirit or the still small voice. Over 2,000 times in the Old Testament, the words he spoke, he said, or the word of the Lord came to was written. 2,000 times. The Lord appeared to Abraham and spoke to him nearly 37 different accounts, or 37 different times. He spoke to Moses through the burning bush. He spoke to Noah through a loud voice about the flood. In Numbers 22, God spoke through a donkey to a pagan prophet. In Genesis 41, he spoke to Pharaoh in a dream. And in Daniel 5, God spoke through a writing on the wall to Belshazzar. And as if we needed further verification of the fact that God desires relationship with us, that he desires to lead, that he desires to guide, correct, discipline, and communicate with us, he literally sends down his own flesh and blood to hang with us, to teach us, 
to walk with us and in the deepest and truest of ways shows us how much he wants to redeem all that has happened between the garden and now. So he sends his son to die for us, to reconcile the wall between us, to open up the lines of communication again through the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us in the New Testament, remember, he says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you to once again walk and talk and enjoy every good thing, just like in the garden. So if that's true, if it's true that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father, they want to have relationship with you, then how do we become better hearers of the voice of God? First of all, we have to understand how he speaks, okay? And I don't pr pretend, guys, to have this exhaustive list of the way the Lord God Almighty speaks. So I'm sure there are thousands of other ways, but here are some that have been most relevant to me through the years. A couple of these are common sense, um, but you can't speak about hearing the voice of God without mentioning them. Number one, through his word. It's the number one way that God has chosen to speak with us. And you say, well, Scott, that's, that's reading. It's not hearing. Well, let me ask you this. When, when you're flipping through your phone on Instagram or Facebook, are you hearing? Are you comprehending the message that is being spoken to you? You know, teenage girls between 12 and 28 right now have a pandemic of self-esteem. And it's because they're hearing a message, even one that they're seeing. So when we read the word of God, it's an opportunity for God to speak to us. We just have to open our ears to be able to hear it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It does not matter the question. It does not matter the situation. Engrossing yourself in the word of God is the best way to open up yourself to hearing God's voice. Tim talked about it in the announcements this month we had this fully devoted devotional. And there's a devotion, it's just one a week, okay, that comes out on Sundays. But there's also scripture reading that you can do through it. There's also the opportunity to memorize scripture in the midst of it. Memorizing scripture has literally changed my life. It has had such an impact on the times that I'm going through a tough season. Because I hear God's voice without even reading it. There's a, there's a quote by Dallas Willard that says this, 10 verses hidden in your heart are better than an entire Bible flashed before your eyes. The Bible is there for God to speak. And when you ingest that, when you memorize that, when you make it part of your heart, part of your mind, part of who you are, it has an impact on your life. You say maybe it hasn't been a routine in your life. Maybe for some, you already have that daily reading. 
If you don't have that daily reading in the scriptures, I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you going, going into Easter for three weeks, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the evening, whether it's at lunch, what, wherever you've got 15 minutes of space. You're, you're awake for 18 hours on average. So if you'll give 15 minutes to reading the word of God, maybe spend 10, 12 of that just reading a particular passage a few times. And then the last three minutes, just take a line or a statement out of that and memorize that statement. Just say it over and over for three minutes, 15 minutes. I promise you, if you'll do that for the next three weeks, if you don't already, okay, God is going to speak to you. You're going to experience hearing God's voice. The second way by which God speaks, through prayer. Why is prayer so crucial to hearing the voice of God? Because prayer, in its essence, is supposed to be a two-way conversation. It's a way that we exalt, that we share our life, that we even ask God of things. But it's also an opportunity for you to listen. It's also an opportunity for you to ask questions of God. And in a lot of ways in my own life, he speaks in different ways when I'm in prayer. Sometimes I pray as I'm reading the word, I'll ask him to open it up to me. And as I'm reading, he, he, he speaks to me. There are times that there's that inner voice that he speaks through. He might give a picture in the course of praying. There are so many different ways, but you have to make the effort to actually pray for that to happen. So God speaks through prayer. Let me ask you this. If with your spouse or your child or a friend or a, or a co-worker, if you didn't communicate with them, how would that go? Probably not very well. I would say that your relationship, if you stopped communicating, is going down. So where's your prayer life? It's a way that you are going to hear the voice of God. Number three, you can hear the voice of God through his house. Look, the preaching of the word of God has been happening, guys, since the beginning of time. Why? Because it's an opportunity when you hear the word of God out loud for the Holy Spirit to spark something in your heart. There has not been one week since I've been here that Tim hasn't said something that when I left the room was different than when I came in. And if you open your heart to that, if you walk in here every week saying, Heavenly Father, speak to me today, he's going to speak because it's the word of God. There's power in the word of God. It's alive and active. Another way that we hear God speak in his house is through worship. Let me tell you, God speaks to me through worship. And that part in the blessing, where it starts saying, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Does it not impact you? Do you not hear the voice of God saying, I love you. I care for you. I am for you. And in the same way, when we're singing worthy of it all, and we're crying out, you are worthy of it all. 
Is it not an opportunity for you to communicate with him? You see the relationship side of that? Back and forth and back and forth. God speaks in his house if you'll allow him to. Number four, he speaks through other believers. He speaks through your friends, your family. This is why you hear us talk about the importance of community, guys. The importance of having a group of people around you. So first it says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Having people in your life to study the word of God with, to pray with, to talk with about the things that are going on in your life, it gives the opportunity for God to use them to speak into your life. And my guess is God has probably used you to speak into somebody else's life. Now, the thing you have to realize about when God speaks through somebody is not every time that somebody says, God told me, does it come from God? <laughs> and you have to match that in prayer and against the word of God. You're always going to know. The Holy Spirit's not going to let you down. The last one, and I'm going to spend just a moment on this. God speaks through solitude and stillness. This, my friends, is maybe the one that is the hardest for us in the 21st century. I think everybody would say we feel blessed to live in a time and an age that we live in. But at the same time, we are busier and more distracted than any century before us. Because of advances in technology, infrastructure, information available, entertainment, it seems we rarely have time for solitude and stillness. You've heard Tim use this quote, I've used this quote. Probably part of the reason I use it today even is because in studying for this message, Hearing the Voice of God, I read the book, Hearing the Voice of God, by Dallas Willard. An incredible book. I would totally recommend it to you if you're wanting to dive a little bit deeper. He, is, he was a theologian from USC, just an incredible thinker. Anyway, you've, heard, you've seen us use this quote before. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. When I hear hurry, I think busyness. Busyness. Busyness is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. One of the most famous passages of scripture is also one of the most instructional passages. And it's one that when we hear it, I feel like sometimes we kind of have this holy response, you know, like a bunch of old men kind of sitting around a barbershop. Be still and know that I am God. Oh yeah, right, amen. We believe it, you know what I mean? Oh, that's so true. Yeah. But do we really believe it? I had a God moment this week. In the midst of my preparation for writing this message, I'm sitting in the lobby, and I get to this part, and I ask God, Lord, speak to me. I want these to be your words, not my words. And he brought just little, a little tidbit of a verse that I've never tried to memorize, but it just was at the tip of my tongue. And all I could remember was heard and know. 
And so I started searching and I found the verse. And it was Romans 10, 14. And it says this, how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? How can they know if they haven't heard? So there's two relationships here that I totally feel like God shared with me this week. If we go back to that verse, okay, the first part of the verse is be still. There's a relationship between being still and hearing. And there's also a relationship between hearing and knowing. So when we be still, we have the opportunity to hear the voice of God. And in hearing that voice, we learn to know God. Be still and know that I am God. So maybe in a world where we have a really hard time slowing down and being still and an even harder time getting quiet, maybe this is the reason we all lack the hearing. In this book called Directions by James Hamilton, he shares some insight about listening to God. Back in the day before refrigerators, they had uh, what they called ice houses that they would build. And an ice house was built with great insulation, there were no windows, and, and there was a door that was really tight, tightly closed. And in the wintertime, when the lakes and the rivers would freeze, they would cut big blocks of ice out of the lake and they would store them in the ice houses. And then they would throw sawdust on them. And literally by doing this, they could have ice almost late into the summertime, okay? So there was a guy working in the ice house and he had a valuable watch that he lost in the ice house. And he searched and searched and tried to move the sawdust and looked and he could not find his watch. He went out and he told a couple friends, they all went in and, you know, once again, moved the ice around, moved the sawdust, and they could not find the watch. They're standing outside the ice house and a little boy hears them talking. And the little boy decides to go in himself. So he goes in, he closes the door behind him. And about two minutes later, he comes out with the watch. And the guys are like, how in the world did you find that watch? We literally turned that place upside down. And he said, well, I went in, I shut the door, and I laid down and listened until I heard the ticking of the watch. Sometimes the question isn't whether or not God is speaking, but whether we are being still enough and quiet enough to listen. I want to take us back to John 10 at the very beginning. The sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, 
they follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. There's another passage of scripture that uses this idea of the sheep, and it's in Matthew 25. And Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats. And he's talking about the end time when he comes back. And he says, I separate the sheep and the goats. The sheep I put on my right, the goats I put on my left. And then the word of God says, he looks to the right at the sheep and he says, you have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from before the foundations of the world. You know what the difference is between the sheep and the goats? The sheep know his voice. A goat, a goat is stubborn. A goat is prideful. A goat doesn't think he needs anybody. So my question for you guys this morning is, do you want to be sheep? Or do you want to be goats? I want to say one more time what he says to the sheep. You have a special place in the Father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from before the foundations of the world. And all you have to do is know the shepherd's voice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come this morning and, Father, our desire is to know you. And so, Father, we know that in the knowing there has to be hearing. In the hearing there has to be relationship, Jesus. And, Father, we come with open ears, with open hearts, with open minds. And we just desire to hear your voice. We desire to know your word. We desire, Heavenly Father, to walk with you in the garden. We desire to be called your own. So Father, I just pray you would move in this place today. Father, if there's anyone in here who does not know your voice who does not know the shepherd's voice that father they would take the opportunity today tomorrow every day after this to hear your voice with eyes closed if there's anybody in this place come today and you've never heard that voice but you desire to have relationship with the one who created you with the one who holds your future in his hands I want to give you the opportunity to pray that prayer to ask Jesus into your life so that Holy Spirit can come into your heart can hear the voice of God. Just pray after me, Heavenly Father. 
Lord, I lay down my heart and my life to you. I know you died on the cross for me. You sent your only son to die on the cross for me. And I believe. Father, I give you my life. Come into me, Holy Spirit, that I may hear the shepherd's voice and that I may follow it all the days of my life. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Family, we're going to go into a time of worship. Our prayer team is going to be down below. If you're needing somebody to pray over you today, whether you gave your heart to Christ, maybe you've been struggling in your relationship, maybe you've been struggling to hear the voice of God, and you'd like somebody to pray over you, our team would love to do that. I would love to do that. So why don't we stand and worship team lead us. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.